This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat podcast in where this edition we will be talking about Tottenham's 2-2 draw away at Brentford. Of course, we were 2-0 down in the game and Harry Kane and Pierre Mihoybier have rescued a point in the Premier League for Spurs. In this episode, I've got three very special guests to talk about today's game. But if you are watching this on YouTube and you don't subscribe to the channel as yet, please do hit that subscribe button, like, share and comment below. And if you're watching the live stream, then please do get involved. Give us your comments and I'll put as many uh, on screen as possible during the stream. Now, let's introduce the three very special guests. Uh, We've got Gary Maloney back with us. Gary... How are you? How was your Christmas? Yeah, really good. Um, just usual for me. Uh, sorry, my um, ring light and the phone's falling. Apologies. Yeah, good. Same old uh, sweets, chocolate, ate too much, drank too much usual, but was really good, thanks. And uh, usual Tottenham on Boxing Day. So, um, yeah, game of two halves, same old. <laughs> we'll, come on, we'll come on to the football shortly. Uh, we've also got channel regular Josh back with us. Josh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, nice Christmas, nice relax, lots of... Uh, Lots of food yesterday. I've <laughs> been a bit full up. Uh, but yeah, enjoyed the game today. It's, it's nice to have Tottenham back. And we've also got channel regular Craig back with us. Craig, how are you? How was your Christmas day? Yeah, very nice. Very nice. And, and then Tottenham come along to stress you out on Boxing Day. So uh, yeah, let's get, let's, get, let's get into it. It's always a way. Wouldn't have it any other way, would we? Let's get straight into it. Craig, let's start the show with you. Uh, now, of course, Tottenham have just rescued a point. Second half Tottenham. Nothing seems to change, certainly this season. We were 2-0 down. Uh, it was frustrating. It was a frustrating watch, certainly in that first half. Uh, but we come back, we rescued a point. Your thoughts on today's game? Yeah, I think, I think that's, you've hit the nail on the head there. Rescued a point. And that's how it seems to be almost every game. All right, we've come back a lot this season to win games. Um, but 
it, it's, it just seems a slog. It's a tough watch. Every first half is the same. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't, you know, they can't plan to play like that, surely. Um, it, it's just so disappointing to not, you know, start fast like we used to. It, it's just so frustrating. And we, we're going to get, we nearly got found out today. All right, we could have nicked it at the end there. But, you know, we can't keep starting games so slowly and keep coming back in the second half. It's, it's, it can't be good for the players, you know. But, um, yeah, I'm, there's a lot to discuss about today's game. But overall, I thought, I wouldn't say we were lucky to get the draw, but because Brentford kind of um, not collapsed in the second half and let, definitely let us back into it. And we don't, you know, we, we did play better, no doubt, in the second half. But, you know, uh, a lot to discuss on the final points. There's a few points about players that um, I don't think performed particularly well today that uh, I'm sure come up later. But overall, you know, draw, could you say it was a fair result? Probably. I agree. I think 2-2 is a fair result. Um, Gary, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts on today's game. Um, yeah, just apologies first. I'm upstairs on the top floor because I've still got lots of family over and stuff. And you know what I'm like on this show. So they've they've put me up to the top floor. So, um, But going in regards to the game, um, I don't know. You know, I thought we really deserved to win it, if I'm honest with you. First half performance, as usual, was rubbish. Tottenham are just appalling starting games. But... I think overall in the second half, I think we were the better side and we had more chances, more clear chances. Um, obviously, Son had one near the end. Kane hit the crossbar. You know, uh, there was a few good chances. And I think it's just very frustrating with Tottenham because I wasn't even the slightest bit worried when we went 2-0 down in the first half. Um, I just thought we'll play a lot better second half and we'll probably scrape a point if not win it. So it was pretty much what I expected. But overall, I think we probably edged it and deserved to come away with three points, I think. Uh, and on another day, we, we, we probably would have. Um, it, you know, we'll get on to all the points, but any other time that goes in the net from the crossbar, um, it's a stonewall penalty. I don't know why it wasn't given, I'll be honest with you, but we know what VAR's like in Premier League, World Cup. Some of the decisions just horrendous. I mean, it's one of them ones with that, because if the ref gives it, VAR don't go against him, but why he didn't go over to the monitor or VAR didn't say go to the monitor. It's just very confusing. So, overall, I think because we were two down, coming back to two was great. We've got a point. We're away from home. Uh, they're the positives. But the negatives, I think we had enough and uh, should have won it, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, so. But please, I'm fairly pleased. Who do you agree with, Josh? Do you think we should have won it or do you think a draw was a fair result in the end? Oh, I, I feel I kind of feel both ways. Like I thought we started so poorly, uh, yeah. which I kind of agree with with, with everyone. I thought we, that first half was was shambolic, really. I mean, it mm. just it was just it was so frustrating to watch, and it just it would kind of just put you right down. It was like, oh, we're, here we go again. We're back again, and and but it was a it was a second half transformation, which which is it is uh, admirable. I think it's good to come down uh, back from two 0 down, and at least we got a point. That is a positive to take from the game. At least we got one point. We didn't get kind of uh, like mugged and, and and lose the game. We, we got a point. Um, first half though, I thought the first thing that kind of comes to mind. Not making excuse, but I thought the pitch was an absolute shambles. It looked like yeah, a cloud field. Yeah, it was, and it completely. I thought it completely kind of uh, changed the character of the game. Like the, the ball mm. wasn't moving zippy. 
Um, the ball was really slow. Everyone looked quite leggy. It literally looked like the, the rugby uh, lines were still on the pitch from when the I think it was like the London Bees or something had played it at the Brentford Stadium. Yeah. I was a bit shocked at that, really. Um, but let's not make any excuses there. That's just part of the game. You have to adapt to that at the end of the day. Um, I thought first off, we should have just come out and just gone straight at them. I think that's one thing that we just always kind of never do that we used to do as a club. We always just it's just this negativity, this kind of going five at the back, starting slowly and then going like two nil down. And it's obviously happened. I think I saw online, it was like nine games in a row. We've, we've conceded yeah. like a goal and it's just, it's just, we need to get going fast, attack the, 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 the side and just get out there and actually start pressing high, trying to just like, it just looks like we're struggling in the first half, every single game, yeah. um, which is, we need that needs to change. That is something that really does need to change. And I was a bit shocked because after a World Cup, after a few months of rest, you might think, oh, Conte's had a couple of quite a long time to work with these players. There might have been a change, but it's just just old Dr. Tottenham's back, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we can crack that. We can because that does need to change. Because when you can't play like that against teams like Man City, Arsenal, West Ham, <coughs> these teams that are coming up in our next uh, fixtures. Um, you're not going to be able to do that. We're, you're just not going to come back from it. We'll we'll be lucky to get uh, a draw from those games. So we've got to sort that out. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 kind of I'm happy with the point. Look, it's it's a it's, it was a difficult game, and at least we've got a point from it. What is it, Josh, about starting games? What what is the issue, in your opinion? I, I, I honestly feel, I know it's Conte's kind of philosophy, but the fact that we're going five at the back against a side like Brentford, it's just, it's it's just, it feels like we're in shackles. Do you know what I mean? It feels like we're, we're kind of harming ourselves. We need to get out there, go four at the back. We need an extra man in midfield, go four, three, three, and just go at a side and with all of our attacking talent, which is what we've talked about a lot on this channel. I mean, I thought the front three today, I thought Kane had a, had a, all right game. I thought Kulisevsky looked back to himself. Son was a bit quiet, but with those three and three and behind them, if we play 4 3 3, we could really get, get out of side. Whereas when we're playing five at the back with two in midfield, I just think we always get dominated in midfield and we kind of just get swarmed in the first half of games. Um, we just we get suffocated. That's what it feels like. It always feels like if we're at home, we look like the away side in the first half. And even today, we just looked like we were just getting suffocated. We looked like a weak away side. When we're Tottenham Hotspur, we're, we're a top four side. We're in the knockouts of the Champions League. We should be dominating Brentford. And we just struggled in that first half. Let's talk about the uh, the starting eleven because, of course, Conte made a number of changes today. Um, Forster in goal, uh, making his Premier League debut for Tottenham Hotspur. The back three of Tanganga, Dyer, and Langley. Uh, the wing-backs, Perisic and Doherty. In midfield, Basuma and Hoybier. And then the forwards three of Kulisewski, Kane and Son. Substitutes today, Lloris, Skip, Sanchez, Brian Hill, Emerson Royale, Sessegnon, Saar, Ben Davis and White. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Any surprises there for you? Uh, I wouldn't say surprises. Um... Not Tangang? <laughs> well, well like I said, I... I... I heard, I, you know, you, you read bits and pieces. I wasn't surprised to see Tanganga in the lineup. I'm not saying he performed at all well. I wasn't surprised to see him in it. Um, and worry on subject, he had a he had a poor game in my opinion. I thought he, you know, I thought he was at fault for uh, 
or certainly one of the players that was at fault for the first goal um, just didn't have a very good game. What, Tanganga's got it in him to be a good player. You know, his debut against Liverpool, I thought we were all blown away by his performance, but he doesn't seem to have pushed on from that. And he just does seem to give away a fair few stupid fouls in, in different places as well that I find annoying. Um, for me, I think he, he needs a, a loan move away. Um, and, you know, if they can't get any money for him, if somebody comes in to buy him, then I think it's probably time for him to move on. Um, that, that's not just because of today's performance, but I just think overall, I think he could do with the move and get regular football because he did look off it today. Um uh, full string goal well it's funny funny to see Larice on the bench um, I thought if he's good enough to be on the bench he's probably good enough to start I don't get that with a goalkeeper I really don't get the thinking yep. behind that I thought Forster was okay I don't think he could have done much certainly about the first goal um, he does make me nervous he seems to jump a bit too late for crosses and that but I guess when you're six foot seven or whatever he is you don't don't need to jump much but um, <clears throat> yeah I would have preferred to see Hugh gain goal because it's not just about the shot stopping. I think Fraser Forster, a very good shot stopper, is about everything else. And I know Larice's distribution with his feet is not perhaps um, what it what it should be. I just feel a bit better with Larice in goal. But apart from that, the team kind of picked itself today. I thought. Gary, what did you make of the starting eleven when you saw that an hour before kickoff? Yeah, uh, touching what Craig says, I wasn't really surprised about it. Um, We knew Romero wasn't going to play, obviously, and stuff. Um, I think a lot of people have said, oh, you know, why Tanganga over Sanchez? And I think when Sanchez came on, he actually played quite well. But as you know, it's a difficult one because um, also Craig mentioned his debut against Liverpool. I think the game after that, or one or two games after that, against Middlesbrough at home, I was at that, and um, he had an amazing game. I think he got man of the match in it, and he was was brilliant, but... He's a shadow of what he was. I just, I, I don't know what to say about him. He's just, you know, he had an awful game today, but not just today. He's not been good generally for Tottenham when he has played. Um, a lot of them sort of 50-50 tackles he's, he's missing. And he and it almost happened again today at Brentford, like how he lost his head that time with um, Zaha. He just seems to have a bit of a short temper, which is unusual because when I watched him in the documentary, he didn't come across like that at all. But when he plays as a player, he seems he has quite a bit of a short fuse. So, a bit worried about that. I will say, though, with Foster, um, unlike Craig, I, I was happy enough to see Foster because I'm getting a little bit frustrated with Larice of late. Um, and I will say another thing. I mean, you'd like to think Larice would have done the same thing. But what I did like about Foster was when he pulled out of that where the Brentford player dived and cheated to get a penalty. And he brought his hands back and really, I thought that was amazing by him because if there's any chance that he goes anywhere near that player, makes an attempt for that ball, it's a penalty. And we know it's a dive, but we know it's going to be given. Would Larice have done exactly the same as Foster there? We'll never know. But for that, I was happy with Foster for that alone. I, I think either goal, I don't think he could have done much. The first was the deflection. It come off Lenglet or something. Um, so there's not really much he could have he could have really done with that. Um, so I, I think you have Norrigan. He didn't actually have a lot to do, if I'm honest with you. But I think the, the the main part for Foster today for me was not committing himself when that Brentford player dived. That for me, um, I was happy. Apart from that, I wasn't surprised with the team. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer's Eric Dyer. And what can you say? You know, it is what it is. You can't put all the blame on him because you have to say, look, from there, you can regroup as a corner and you should be defending it. But, I mean, it's just horrendous. I mean, it's laughable, really, isn't it? But a minute before that, 
you know, we should have had a penalty anyway. So it's just one of them days, isn't it? Look, at the end of the day, I think to get away with a, with a, with a point and, and actually even winning it, I think is good. But yeah, just some frustrating things in that game. You just, you know what, as a Spurs fan, when every Dyer hits that ball and it goes to a corner, you know they're going to score from it, didn't you? Because I did. I thought they're yeah. scoring. You just know. You, you know, it's going to happen, don't you? I think every Spurs fan up and down the country is looking at that and thinking, here we go. Second goal incoming. <laughs> it's just, you just have to laugh. But like what Josh said, you've got to give the players some, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Because they did come out in that second half and there's two ways, isn't it? And, and we're going to go around in circles with it. You know, don't go too down in the first place, but great character coming back, but it's six and one half a dozen of the other, you know, great second half, good character, you know, unlucky not to leave there with all three points, but why should you go two down in the first place? <laughs> I'm exactly. laughing because, you know what, I'm, you know, I was saying it was chatting to everyone before, Chris, and I'm, it's like, we're just going around in circles with Tottenham, aren't we? And it's, it's so frustrating. I mean, the only good thing about today is we haven't lost, but if we had lost, it would have been, how much worse would have that Eric Dyer mistake have been and, and everything else, you know what I mean? You know, we wasn't full strength. So, you, you know, you, I think Romero is a massive miss. So, you, ha you have to think about Romero not being in there. Um, but, again, I don't, I don't particularly think Brentford were that great. I don't think Ivan Tony deserved man of the match. But maybe because it's at Brentford's ground and everything surrounding him, he got man of the match. But I didn't think Ivan Tony was that good, to be honest with you. But, you know, just my opinion. Derry, so. think for me is we've lost, or we, looks like we're going to lose two points on Newcastle. You know, yeah, you, you can't flying, keep dropping points. At the moment. They were two when I come they're in to do this. They're free now. Oh, free and, and you know as well that there are so many teams just below us that are yeah. going to pick up points uh, yeah. and probably heavily invest in the January transfer window as well, which we'll come on to later on the show. Yeah. Um, Josh, let me just get your thoughts on the, on the starting eleven because we knew that Fraser Forster was going to play. Antonio Conte said uh, on. Um, in his press conference that Fraser Forster was going to play Hugo Lloris would travel and sit on the bench. Are you surprised that, you know, if Hugo Lloris is travelling to Brentford, if he's travelling to the game, why is he not starting? Um, particularly that he is club captain um, and it was his birthday today as well. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's a bit odd. It is a bit odd. I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with what Craig said. If, if you're fit enough and you're, you've travelled and you're on the bench, why on earth aren't you playing? Um, and I, I do rate Larice over over Fraser Forster. I kind of agree with everything everyone said. I thought it was a bit dodgy in the box. I didn't feel very confident. Um, but again, that 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 penalty incident with the dive, I thought he did very well on that. I totally agree with what Gary said. I thought Larice, if you kind of switch the roles, Larice might have made a mistake there. But then you're going into the kind of hypotheticals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. I don't know because Larice or Hugo always kind of like. He pulls out a save, doesn't he? He might have saved us. He could have got us three points today. He might have just made a save or something. And I don't know. I've, I, I'm. I, we always get kind of um, a bit unlucky with our second keepers. I never felt that confident in Joe Hart, and he he really that was that was not very great when when we lost. Uh, I think he was in goal for that Dynamo Zagreb game. Uh, it was yeah. that was a shocker, and was never that confident in Michelle Vaughan. No. Uh, every single time he was in goal, I, I remember a, a semi-final, FA Cup semi-final, Man United or something, and we we just got done. We're always unlucky with these second keepers, so I just I just want Hugo back in goal as soon as possible. To to be quite honest, um, I thought he had a decent World Cup. Thought he made quite a few amazing saves. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, we need. I wasn't that surprised in the lineup. I thought it was, it was pretty. He kind of he was working with what he had. Conte. Um, it's a shame that Benton Kerr uh, and Romero aren't back, and we need them back as yeah. soon as possible because I think they just make such a huge impact, especially Benton Kerr. I'm sure we'll come on to it, but I, I really don't understand what's happened to Basuma. Like he was so good at Brighton, and today I just thought it was an absolute shambles. Like. I, I I love him as a player, and I thought it was a great signing. It was like one of these signings that Tottenham never make. Uh, uh, one of Brighton's best players that we've gone and nicked for a decent price, and he's just it just hasn't worked out, has it? So yeah, I just want Benton Kerr back because he's absolutely world class, and same with Romero. And I think we really did miss them today. It's fair to say that we did miss a few players today, but um, as I always say on the on these shows, it's about the players coming in and grabbing their opportunity. Um, you know, when when they get it, um, I don't I don't feel that a few players, certainly Basuma or, or Javatanganga, done that today. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Um, and another subject we talk about a lot: free kicks. And I cannot believe oh. we're talking about this again in the eleventh minute. Uh, Hunmin Son of the run brought down, and then up steps Harry Kane. Of course, Harry Kane has had a hard time, you know, at the World Cup, missed the penalty. Uh, he's had a lot of flack from, um, you know, a lot of non-Tottenham Hotspur fans. And by the way, the support for Harry Kane in the away end today was absolutely superb. Um, and I'm so glad that he got on the team sheet, uh, sorry, on the score sheet again today. He has now scored against every single Premier League club that he has faced. Um, and the highest goal scorer in uh, Boxing Day history in the Premier League. Um what do you make of this situation of Harry Kane still on the free kicks? I think today it was a case of two things. It was a case of Kane being captain of the day and pulling rank and saying, I'm having it. But the most important one for me was he wanted to banish the demons of the World Cup as quickly as he could. And he saw an opportunity with a free kick in a good position and he wanted to bury it and get get his goal. What I will say for him, and you wouldn't have had the benefit of this, Chris, is... If it had cleared the wall, I think it would have gone in because it was arrowing right to the corner. But, of course, it didn't clear the wall. So, it was a bad free kick. Um, it is uh, For me, I want to see Sonny on free kicks. Um, he was on the pitch. There's no reason Sonny couldn't have taken it. So, um, he's a mystery. And I still haven't got an answer for you, Chris, other than today. I think those were the reasons. But overall they obviously still haven't addressed this and I can only assume that Harry Kane's banging them in in training when they're practising because that, that can be the only thing, can't it? The, why would you have somebody on free kicks that can't clearly can't take a free kick very well? I don't quite <laughs> understand it but that, that, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah. But coming on to Harry, uh, staying with him rather, I'm so glad he got on the score sheet. Brilliant header. I know we'll talk about it later, but really good to see him on, you know, hopefully that's gone some way to uh, give him a bit of confidence because he didn't get much service again today, did he? Let's face it. I think he had, at one point, he only had nine touches during that first half. So, um, yeah, but I don't want to really see him on free kicks as good as he is and as much as I love him. Get somebody else on the free kicks, please. Craig, let's stay with you because uh, just a couple of minutes later, Brentford did go 1-0 up. Uh, shot came in, looked like it was actually going wide. Uh, got a deflection, Fraser Forster got hand to it. Uh, and then, of course, uh, it was tapped in 1-0 Brentford. What did you make of that goal? Sloppy defending, sloppy defending. As I said before, I think Tanganga didn't cover himself in glory earlier in the move. Um, I thought he was in the wrong position. Lenglet tried, I think it was Lenglet tried to block the shot. Uh, and just, you know, Forster was wrong-footed. I thought he did well to get a, 
a hand to it or whatever it was he got on it, but he couldn't do much with it. But overall, it was just bad defending by Tottenham. You can't you can't deny that. And the, the guy at the back was 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 free. Nobody was marking him. I don't know if that was uh, Lingley's man or should have been Perisic. I don't know. But the overall, as a team, you defend as a team, and defending was shocking for that goal. And I can't see Conte would have been pleased with the way uh, way we've defended that goal. To be honest with you, because it was very, it was just sloppy all round. Gary, have you got anything to add on that goal that we conceded? Just the same. It was just typical Tottenham first half defending. It was appalling. He had so much time. You know what I mean? Like literally, you, I'm sure you're all like me. You're sitting there. You're, you're watching it. Like, I was watching it on the telly. Weren't like you today, Chris? But you're watching it and you see the men making the runs and you're seeing how much space he's got. And you're thinking to yourself, is anyone going to pick him up? And he's got enough time to take it down. I mean, admittedly, right, it was deflected and stuff anyway, but way too much time. Way too much time. But look, Brentford are no walkover. They're not an easy side. I know a lot of Tottenham fans are quite quick to say, oh, we should be going to Brentford ground and turn them over. But let's not forget, mate, you know, they went Stamford Bridge and absolutely hammered them. You know, they've beaten Man City. They're not an easy side at the end of the day. But there's no, there's just no excuses for defending like that. It was absolutely appalling. You know, to just cut open our defence with one simple cross-ball pass and the amount of room, it's just ridiculous. I'm looking at it on the TV and I'm screaming, thinking, is anyone going to pick him up? And like you, Craig, I don't know who was meant to have him. Do you know, Josh, you should be marking him there? No, I thought it was it was Sunday League defending. It just looked <laughs> like that. Honestly, it was Sunday League defending. It was poor. It was. It shocked me a bit. I kind of just sat there and was like, what? It's I was so bad. quite shocked. It was, poor. it was. It was bad. It was, you very, sat there and just thought, bad. what is going on? Yeah. Are you surprised though, Josh? You know, in particular that Conte has had a lot of time to work with a number of these players. Yeah, I, am, I, I was surprised, but I was actually really disappointed with that because I just thought it's all right when you when you concede a goal that's really well worked, but I just thought that was that was so poor to concede. It was just a shocker all around. There was no composure. They were, it just looked like. They just, they just hadn't. I don't know. It really shocked me. I was like, "What are you doing, Spurs? They need, they yeah. just lost their heads for a moment." It's like you've got to be at, be at it for ninety minutes, and they just lost it there. And I just thought that's that's really poor. You can't play like that against against a side like Brentford and concede a goal like that. Because, like you said, mm. I think Craig said we can't afford to keep dropping these points. We're not. We've yeah. got to try and get top four. And if you're going to drop points against Brentford. And, and other sides are, are doing very well, like the Newcastles. I think they're three and up now, as you said. We've, we've, we're, we're going to be in the Europa League again if we keep doing this. We can't yeah. do. We cannot afford to concede those types of goals. We can't afford to drop these types of points. Um, we like, and I totally agree with what, like you said, the, some Spurs fans say we should go and turn over Brentford. I mean, Arsenal went to their place and turned them over three 0 Why yeah. can't we do that? Yeah. Why do we have to make it so difficult for ourselves? It's I think they're the only team to beat them there, though, are they? Yeah, not sure. I think they got results in Man City as well, didn't they? Brentford, they, 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 they're, yeah. they're quite, they're not a tough nut to crack. But we are, we are Spurs, and we are, yeah, we've got a lot of great players in that team. And I think looking at the kind of individual talent that we've got in our side, we should, we should be beating Brentford. Yeah. Well, it took us twenty-five minutes to get um, our first shot on goal. Uh, it came through Hunmin Son. Uh, and then a minute later, Kulisewski beating his man, cutting in, uh, shooting, comfortable for the goalkeeper. And then four minutes later, Hudmin Som with a shot on target, goalkeeper down low, uh, Gavers. Um, 
Josh, let's stay with you. Um, what did you make of Hummin Son's performance today? I thought it was a bit muted. I thought he couldn't get hold of the ball and kind of he kept scuffing the ball. I felt he kept he had a few shots, didn't he? And every single yeah. time it, it was low. It was like he never got under the ball and whacked it top corner a bit like he did. I think it was against Leicester at home where he got that hat trick. Hat trick. Oh, brilliant! That was. was unbelievable. And it, every yeah. single time he, he was played through, and then every single time he just got his foot under the ball and whacked it into the top bin. Today he just yeah. couldn't do that. There are a few, yeah. even at the, right at the death of the game, there was a chance, and he just yeah. kind of like whacked it bottom corner with no but, with no power. Do you know what, Josh? It's, it's so weird, Craig, and you'll say the same. He just goes quiet for so long sometimes, son, doesn't he? It's, and then, like you said, yeah. that home game against Leicester, he comes on, whether or not you know he was substituting that game and then he was brought on after, and he was just absolutely amazing. Mm. You know, so he's got, it, he's got it in his locker, but he just goes quiet sometimes for big parts of the season, which is... Which I don't think it was his worst game today because, you know, he did improve as the game went on in the second half. He had a couple of chances and stuff. But it's almost like he is a bit slow at the moment, isn't he? Just doesn't yeah. Himself. yeah. Like the ball sort of gets caught under his feet and yeah. he doesn't get the pass away. It's, and his runs ain't timing just right. It's, it's not the song we know, is it? It's just a bit frustrating to watch him at times. But I did think as the game went on, I thought he got, he did get better. I was fairly pleased with him by by the end of the game. Obviously, you know, it would have been better if he scored, but it's just a it's a funny one with Son, isn't it? Craig, let's come to you. Just before half-time in the 43rd minute, um, it looked like Brentford went 2-0 up with Ivan Toni uh, scoring a great goal um, rounding Forster. Uh, it was eventually given... Um, well, the offside flag went up. Uh, what did you make of that goal and how... how how much offside actually was it? It was close. It wasn't like yards and yards offside. It was close. No. Um, I, I must admit, when I saw it, obviously, in real time, I just, as soon as he went through, I went goal. Because um, I, I, that's how close it was. I thought I genuinely thought he was onside. Um, again, sloppy sloppy defending. Bissouma fell over the ball. Uh, happened quite a lot, as I think yeah. we covered... You know, there was a lot of players either slipping or miscontrolling the ball. Whether that was a few times, Craig. Yeah, whether that was our players, you know, miscontrolling. I don't know the pitch. You could say, but it was the same for both teams, so you can't really use that as an excuse. You know, and these are professional footballers. They should, you know, get to play on carpets each week, but you should be able to play on a on a pitch that's in slightly worse condition and not use that as an excuse. So, uh, again, sloppy from us. We kind of gifted them that opportunity that thankfully didn't result in a goal. Um, it, it, I, I can't use any other word than sloppy. And, and as just said, it is Sunday, Sunday league defending. And it, imagine feeling, you know, or imagine being Tanganga tonight and feeling, you know, he would have come off that pitch. He would have known during the game he's having a shocker. Yeah. And then being replaced by Sanchez. I can't believe that. I would have rather have seen Sanchez in than Tanganga. And that's kind of the situation we're in at the moment. The defenders that are even coming in second, third choice, they're just not good enough, albeit that I thought Sanchez did play well when he came on. But would you have wanted to see him in the starting lineup at the time? Probably, you you know, <laughs> let, let's face it, we'd have all wanted to see Romero. So it just goes yeah. to show that we all think we have got depth, but we haven't really. You know, our no. first 11 is as good as probably a lot of teams on paper, but when you take the Romeros out, when you take the Benton Coors out, when you take the Richarlison's out, we, you know, the replacements ain't that 
good, are they? So, no. or they're not not been performing. So, yeah, it's um, there's still a lot of work to be done, and I'm not confident we're going to get it done in the transfer window. But they've got to do something if they want us to stay in the Champions League places. Because with this squad, I don't think we've got enough. You know, regardless of what Conte says, he's happy with it. He can't be happy with it because it's there, plain to see where the problems are. Yeah. Craig, let's stay with you because uh, at halftime, of course, it was 1-0. Um, in the 53rd minute, Eric Dyer uh, made a clearance. It seemed like Eric Dyer had time to clear the ball. Uh, he <laughs> sliced it. It went out. It went out for a corner. And like Gary said earlier, um, you, you just think as a Spurs fan, here we go. We're going to concede again. And I tell you what, yeah. what I could not believe is the amount of space and time that Ivan Tony had. Uh, you had Pierre Mihoybier next to the post. No one seemed to be picking up Ivan Tony, who is a prolific no. goal scorer for Brentford. Um, yeah. I couldn't believe my eyes. What did you make of that goal? Oh, the same as Gary, to be honest. It, it, you know, absolutely the same. I thought we're going to concede from this. And, and we did. And in fact, the commentator on um, on, on, on uh, Amazon, he said... I would love to see Antonio Conte's face if this results in a goal. <laughs> of course it did. And I, I don't know if the camera cut to Conte, but oh my God, it, it was just it was just painful. I mean, look, people make mistakes, I get that, but our defenders and, you know, we all know Dio, he's, he's obviously not doing it deliberately, but he is prone to the odd era like that, isn't he? So, yeah. again, the sloppy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just... Just just sloppy, under no pressure, as you say, Chris, and shinned it out for a corner. Um, and you're putting your team under pressure in a game where you're already struggling in. And, you know, not going to help, is it? You know, is he good enough? Mm, I'm sure there is better out there. And, you know, I know you mentioned Harry Maguire on the chat, Chris, and I think you expected me to say no. Oh, I'm not even going to say anything about Harry Maguire. Is he better than Eric Dyer? Possibly, in my opinion. But there you go. I'd rather have somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> that's see, brilliant. I, I hate digging players out, but I think that when you've got someone like Antonio Conte and you want Conte to take Tottenham Hotspur to the next level, I think that you know there are a lot of places that need you know a lot of players that need yeah. replacing. And it's yeah, funny, Craig, yeah. about. You know, the replacements coming in, um, you know, there's, there's hell of a lot to do in the transfer window to, to bring us up to, you know, the, the other teams right up there in the Premier League challenging for trophies. Um, Gary, let's come to you. Let, let's, let's, um, let's try and turn this around into a bit more of a positive show because yeah. in the 65th minute, Spurs pulled one back. A fantastic cross from Clement Langley um, yeah. and, a, and a fantastic uh, finish from Harry Kane. Brilliant header. Absolutely brilliant. You know, timed it. Great cross. Great cross, by the way, as well. But um, got his jump up, you know, and uh, just a lovely connection with his head. And he's so good at that, Harry Kane. You know, and all this stuff that's been going around after the World Cup, you know, listen, at the end of the day, it's not phased him in the slightest. And, and, you know, and that's why I wanted that. Well, we'll get on to penalty, but we all know that was the penalty. And I really wish we did get it because that would have been even better for Harry Kane just to shut up, you know, all the Arsenal fans, the Chelsea fans, because they're the only people talking about him missing the penalty. There's not any other real proper supporters talking about it, but great header, took it perfectly. The way it comes off and spins top bins, um, it was absolutely perfect. 
And then you knew from that goal onwards, we was just going to crack on and we were going to go on, get an equaliser and even possibly win the game. And that's also funny about it because at half time when we're two down, I'm not actually even too concerned. I think if we were playing the likes of Liverpool or someone like that, maybe I'd be more concerned. But because it was Brentford, and look, Brentford are a good side, but I think because it was Brentford, I did feel the second half we would turn it around. And um, just a great goal all round. And perfect for Harry Kane. You know, he would have been itching to score. And like you know, Chris, he always scores on Boxing Day. So, you know, we were. I mean, he could have had a hat-trick another day. You know, he gets the penalty, which was 100% penalty. And that one, is, you know, we're talking millimetres off the crossbar. Um, I think he had another chance as well. So another day he gets um, he gets a hat-trick. But I'm pleased for Harry Kane. It's good for his confidence. Although I don't feel... The thing with Harry Kane is his mentality. We've been there a few times with Harry Kane before, you know, when things ain't going right from that. He's the perfect player. He almost seems to thrive on pressure. Now, you know, it's not nice missing a penalty. I get that. But look, he scored one in that game. You score some, you miss some. There's been a few occasions where two penalties. I think it was Liverpool away. He scored, he missed the first one. And in the last second of the game, when um, I think Lamella went over quite easily, a lot like what the Brentford players were doing today, we got a penalty. You know, that was pressure. He scores it. I think people are quick to criticise Harry Kane. But I will say with penalties, there is a little bit of luck with penalties. But when it comes to being, to being one of the best strikers in the world, that's not luck. And that header typified Harry Kane, how good he is in the box, getting up, making space and getting Tottenham back into the game. And, um, I, you know, I was going mental. Like I'm sure Spurs fans were um, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Josh, how important do you think it is for Harry Kane to have got on the score sheet today? For him personally? Yeah, yeah I think it would have done him a lot of good, to be fair. And it was a great finish, a, a, a very, very good finish. Uh, and I was I was very happy for him. I think... <laughs> Mentally, that that would have done him a lot of good. I think that, but it kind of, if he had he'd gone on one of these like kind of August, how he doesn't score in August, a bit yeah. like that. If he'd gone on a little run and he hadn't scored more goals and the pressure was building up and it might have got to him a bit. Um, but getting that goal straight away like that today, um, that was a great finish. And I, yeah, I'm really happy for him. I hope it, I hope he gets a lot a lot of goals now and hopefully he can challenge for the golden boot because he's not that many behind Haaland. He's about five goals off now. I think five or thirteen. Six, five now. Maybe yeah, five. I think it's, it's five now. Um, if he can, he can do it. I think he can do it. And uh, we've just got to, we've just got to create more chances. Like you said, we're talking about a handful of chances here. But a top striker like Harry Kane, he should be having so many on his plate every single yeah. game. Like I remember in the past, we we just create a lot more chances. I feel like we're scraping the barrel a bit with creativity. We are mm. struggling still with creativity. Um, and we just need some more creative players. I think that's a key uh, kind of target for January. I think we need to get in a creative player. We we needed one in the summer really as well. Uh, obviously, we've got Richarlison and he'll come back. And yeah. I've all I was thinking about this as well. I think it will be, I think it will be brilliant if we could get Richarlison, Kane, Son, and Kulusevski in in a kind of front four, and maybe drop yeah. Kane to like a ten and play Richarlison as a nine, like he did for Brazil. Yeah. I think that could work for us. But I doubt that will happen with Conte. I just don't think he's going to change his, his tactics. We all know Conte is quite stubborn. Um, mm. But if we, like Richard, with Richarlison, I thought it was fantastic at the World Cup. And it's a shame he's not playing for us for a couple of weeks. 
because he had a great World Cup. I mean, some of those oh. goals he scored and and yeah. it's brilliant when when a Tottenham player has an amazing World Cup. Yeah, it'll be imagine that he comes back to Spurs off off the back of a great World Cup. Yeah, did, did his goal? His goal got goal of the tournament, didn't it? Yeah, that bicycle kick one. I think <laughs> did, yeah. amazing, wasn't it? But that wasn't even the best one. He had a few more. Whereas yeah, the one where he kept the the ball up three, four times and that is brilliant. Unbelievable. But imagine that having Kane creating for Richarlison, who's then finishing off chances with Son and Kulu on it on the yeah. on the wings. I mean, we'll be flying then. But yeah. I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I doubt <laughs> that will happen. It's a bit like a couple of years ago. I remember when everyone was like, "Start Giovanni Lo Celso and Undombele." We went to Norwich and then like lost the game or so. Or drew the game when they them two started. <laughs> so yeah, but we'll, we'll have to see. But but yeah, good for Harry Kane and obviously that goal. With that goal, I think I I kind of felt a bit more like Gary said. I was quite confident. I thought we're we're going to yeah. go on to get an, an equaliser and, and maybe even a winner. I was quite yeah. confident at that point, but. Yeah, it's a shame we didn't win the game, to be fair, because mm. we did have quite a few chances in the second half. Yeah. Can, can I ask you, it's probably uh, it's probably obvious, but if Spurs did have a penalty today, would Harry, Harry Kane would have taken it? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm convinced either, I think we'll, we'll get a penalty against Villa, but I thought we'd get one in this game. We're, we're definitely going to get a penalty in, against Villa, and Kane will step straight up and he'll score it. And, you know, and I think, like, just touching on what Josh said, uh, Chris, I think it was important that he did score today as well because you know what the press are like and the media with Harry Kane. And like Josh said, if he would have done in August and he'd gone three, four, five, six games, then they start saying stuff about has Harry Kane lost it or the World Cup or, you know, he's not himself, he's lost it and everything else. So, so very important he's got that goal now. Um, but I, I'm telling you, I'm certain we're getting a penalty against Villa and he'll, he'll smash it in and people can moan and say, why didn't he do it in the World Cup? Well, he's doing it for Tottenham. Like I said to a lot of Arsenal fans, Chris, just quickly, when they were complaining about Harry Kane in the World Cup, I said he had a very, very important penalty, which was against Arsenal at the Tottenham Stadium and he scored that. So I was happy. Because <laughs> that, that was a pressure penalty, mate. And him getting that, for them to not get top four on our ground and us to pick them at the post, I'll take that over in missing for England, mate. So happy days. Craig, let's come to you. Now, Pierre-Mihoy Pierre um, chipped in with another very important goal today, our equaliser. Um, now, great work from Dian Kulusevski, cutting it back. Uh, Hoybier touched it with his left foot and then finished with his right foot. Great finish from the midfielder. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's, it's surprising to see uh, whether it's part of the training or what Conte wants him to do. It probably is clearly, clearly to see, but he's really getting forward a lot more than he was. Um for essentially a holding midfielder. So, so he, you know, he's come up with some important goals, hasn't he, yeah. uh, Hoybier? Um, but let's face it, you know, somebody in that midfield has got to do that role. So why, why shouldn't it be him? Um, I'd still prefer to see a number 10, a proper number 10 in there, that not only a playmaker, but can chip in with a few goals. But if Hoybier keeps doing that and he's getting a goal every two or three games, then... He's, he's doing his bit, isn't he? Um, probably started off, in my opinion, quite slow, like the rest of the team, Javier, but kind of grew into the game and improved as, as it went along and, and got his goal. So, uh, yeah, not a bad performance overall from him. And like I say, um, much rather see him in there. Um, I, I, I personally think Javier is an incredibly important player. As, as you can see from the managers that have consistently played him, just how important he is to Tottenham. 
but you can't do it all on your own. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Craig, let's stay with you because in the 79th minute, of course, we were chasing uh, the winner. Uh, Perisic put a cross in, Doherty headed over. Uh, we always talk about the right-backs on this show, week in, week out. Um, and we always bring up Emerson Royale. Well, of course, he didn't start today. Matt Doherty did. Uh, what do you think of Matt Doherty's performance today? Again, I thought he started off slow. I think he grew into the game a little bit. He was he, he was getting forward, which I love to see from the wing-backs. There's obviously Conte is going to as well. Um, he was getting into the right areas, didn't have his best game. But for me, still did better than in an attacking um, thirds of the pitch with better positions than Emerson Royale would ever get in. And, you know, I'd caveat that by saying Emerson Royale is not a wing back, he's a right back. So, and Doherty is a wing back. Um, I thought on the other side, I actually thought Perisic played a really good game. I thought he looked incredibly fit. He seems to play better to me when we're chasing the game. Uh, and he kind of get the shackles off and he can get forward and put crosses in. I thought some of his... Um, <laughs> I, I can. Um, no, I thought I thought some of um, Perisic's crosses were really good today. Um, really good performance from somebody who played a lot of minutes at the World Cup, especially at his age. Shows yeah. you how incredibly fit the guy is. Straight back in the team. Uh, and one of our better players today, I thought. Are, not, we, can um, I just, are we all agreed that we do prefer Doherty than... Um... Royale, is that? Are we all agreed on that? Are you even asking? Are you even asking? <laughs> I'm, checking, I'm just checking with the panel because I yeah. think it's a no-brainer. I think you know, Doherty to me is like a much better player. And I mean, you know, I know they're only friendlies, but he's got he got a couple of goals against Motherwell. He scored against Nice. I think he's you know, and up until he got injured last season, I I thought he was playing really well. I don't think there's you know, is no. everyone agreeing? Yeah. No, absolutely. Is it, where yeah. was Spence today? Was was he still mm. ill or something? Or... Don't know, mate. I something's happened with him and it, Conte. He was missing due to illness midweek, Craig, so I'm assuming today was exactly the same. But can I ask all three of you very quickly, if all of the wing-backs are fit, who are the best two for you? Go on, girl. You go first. Oh, it's a tough one. <laughs> I don't know. Um... Because for me, I'm, I'm going to say Matt Doherty on the right and I'm yeah, going to say I mean, Perisic on the left. Yeah, do you know what? I, I do like Doherty. And, and Chris, I know you, you, you and me were talking about Doherty before he got injured last season and he was having some good games, man. And he's not got a bad shot on him. And I think that's where you got to look at Royale and think he, he doesn't have a good shot on him. He doesn't do any good passes. I think Doherty's got more in his locker. And 
Perisic, I think, is a no-brainer. I tell you, I know this is really silly, and it has nothing to do with who you think your best players are. But what I love about Perisic is when he does the chest back to the goalkeeper, and he did it in mm. the World Cup lows, and he does it for Tottenham lows. It's so calm and collect. The ball comes down, and you're thinking, if that's Royale, he's trying to boot away ahead of it, and Perisic just goes boom and just chest it back. I love that. He's done that so many times this season. And to me, it's just a sort of a sign of a confident player who can just yeah. relax and take his time and he's not bothered by the surroundings. And so for me, Chris, I, I think I'm I'm with you. I think Perisic and Doherty. And I, I do like Doherty. I think he's all right you, with what we have. Yes, yeah. we could improve uh, on Doherty. You know, that's the thing, isn't it? So Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I'll go for those two, Chris. I mean... Yeah. You know my feelings about Spence, but I can't hand on heart put Spence in that team because I haven't seen enough of him in a Tottenham shirt. So I still, I still think if he gets a decent run and next season, obviously because I don't think he's going to get it this season, I uh, still think uh, Udogi and Spence as our wing backs yeah. would transform the team. And I've you, said that from day one. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I agree. I was, I was going to say about you, Doggy. Because he's on loan, isn't he, in, in Italy? And he looks mm. like a right player. Um, but obviously Perisic is getting a bit old and he's not going to be a long-term player for us. He's, he's He really is getting old. Um, so, yeah, and obviously there are prospects, aren't they? Jed Spence, a young lad. Um, yeah. Matt Dotti's cracking on a bit as well. Same with, with other players. I was, I was looking at the age of our squad. Like Son is literally nearly 31. He's 30. Jesus. Like it's quite shocking because I remember when all those... Well, I was I was a bit of a boy as well, to be fair. But they were young. They were young players when they were at Spurs, and it's they've they've all kind of aged at Tottenham. And we're going to be looking at the new generation coming through. T- Tottenham does that to you, Josh. I know. I feel about fifty. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's why that's why we have to do act now and get the transfers in because Harry Kane and Son, who the team's kind of built around, are not getting any younger. Kane's no. thirty next year. You yeah. know, Son, as you say, 30, 31. So. You know, you can't wait two or three years because those two are going to be two or three years older and they're kind of at their peak. And, you know, as players hit 30, 31, I know they're fitter nowadays than they used to be, but you're going on that path. You're certainly not going up, are you? So, as a rule, you know, so so we've got to act now and support these players and get the best out of them. Yeah. Well, I agree with what Roy has written on screen here. I would go for Perisic on a new right wing back in January. Personally, I'm hoping that does happen. Um, now, in the 83rd minute, Davinson Sanchez had a shot at the goalkeeper. Uh, a minute later, uh, Tottenham Hotspur hit the bar through Harry Kane. Another fantastic cross from Clement Lingley. Um, did you think that Clement Lingley had this in him, Craig, to produce so many fantastic crosses like he did today? I've actually seen him... Uh, you know, he's got a pretty sweet left foot. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that he's been putting in those crosses. I didn't know much about the guy before he came to Spurs, to be honest with you. But he um, he has got a sweet left foot. And he obviously, you know, I've seen him play through, through balls. So he's obviously got a bit of a cultured, um, uh, you know, foot about him. He, he's he's not just like a lump it up the pitch kind of guy. So so he it doesn't, didn't surprise me at all. But I, I have to say, it's great to see the, the centre-backs getting forward. I love to see that. Um, and I think that formation allows for that. So, yeah, but he he didn't go to the World Cup league later, did he? So he was at Hotspur away. So he would have had plenty of time to work on bits and pieces with Conte. So there's obviously something they've been working on in get, getting the, the right and left centre-backs forward and supporting the attack. So, so, so yeah, I, th- I think he had a, 
a reasonable game, Leng Lang. Don't think he set the world world alight, but he, he um, obviously played a big part in the goal and getting us back into the game. So, um, yeah, kudos to him. Who would you rather in the team, Craig, if you had to choose? Clement Lengley or Ben Davis? I think they both provide different things. I, I, I said on the chat in the week, I thought Ben Davis was a good, solid player. Obviously not the best out there. I, I think everybody could agree with that. But if you're looking for a dependable, solid player that you know what you're going to get every week, I think Ben Davis is your man. I think you get someone a bit different with Lengley. I think he... Um, you could argue perhaps he's not as good a defender as Davis, but what he gives you going forward and what you produce today, it's kind of a bit of a trade-off. So for me, I personally don't think there's that much between them, Chris, to be honest with you. And I would, if I was the manager, I'd be looking at certain games, certain teams you're playing against, and perhaps that's what he does do, to see which player <coughs> would fit best for that role. Horses for courses, if you like, which we've said many times before. So, yeah. So yeah, for me, there's probably not much between them. Again, I think there's better out there for the left-sided um, centre-back than both of those players. But, uh, you know, if you're comparing like for like, I don't think there's much between them. Gary, let's come to you. Um, I've got to mention this because, of course, we were out We were well, without Christian Romero today. Of course, yeah. he won the World Cup. Many congratulations to him. Um What's your take on the Christian Romero situation? Should he, should he have flown back straight away and been in this Tottenham Hotspur squad available for Conte for this game, knowing it's an important game to well, you know keep Tottenham Hotspur in the top four? Or is it right that Christian Romero has been given this time to celebrate the World Cup win and then come back, hopefully, for the New Year's game against Aston Villa? No, I don't give a monkeys. It was Argentina. I couldn't care less. Get your ass back and play for Tottenham. Because I think if we had Romero in there today and Bentacar, I think that's the difference of us winning and drawing that game today. You know, even Romero to that extent, I think if Romero's in that team, I think we probably get a win because he's he's a massive loss, you know. And look, listen, look, I was chuffed with Romero. Um, <laughs> he, he's just, he makes me laugh in the World Cup. Some of them challenges he was flying, how he didn't get sent off. I mean, he's a bit of a liability, but you cannot knock him for effort. He's unbelievable. And I think, especially with a Brentford team like that, who are at home with their fans and they've kind of, you know, got their wings on the cells and they're going for it in the first half. I think someone like Romero will just quieten them straight down. I mean, they're not going to have a chance with him, mate. You know, the way Tankanga got twisted left, right and centre is just embarrassing. This doesn't happen to Romero. You know, it does not happen to Romero. And whether you love him or hate him, I think the majority of Tottenham fans love him but they love him with a nervous worry. That's how I am with him. I think he's a great player. And I think, you know, he's a big reason why they won the World Cup because he was amazing for Argentina. But you've won it. Get your ass back and play for Tottenham because that's your bread and butter at the end of the day. And we're trying to stay in the top four. We're still in Champions League. Um, and every game, as we always say, is a massive game. So for me, you know, brilliantly won World Cup, really pleased for him, but get your ass back uh, and play for Tottenham and we probably would have won today. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's funny because I didn't even think about Bentecourt when, when, until Josh mentioned him, but you take out Romero and Bentecourt and it's like a different team. You put them in and it's a different team. You see what I mean? So you have to think about that today. You know, I know it's frustrating going two down, but we was a little bit light, you know? So yeah, so for me, he plays, he plays today. And, and we win. <laughs> Can I ask you the same question, Josh? Do you, do you agree with Gary? Yeah, 
Yeah, so it's it's a sticky one. I actually think that Romero is is in London as well. I saw on his social media that he's actually in London with his with his wife and his and his yeah. son. I think so. That's a, really, a bit of an odd one. Um, I understand that he, he's just won the World Cup. Like, of course, he's going to want to celebrate. Uh, he's going to want to kind of not rush that experience, especially as a, he's quite a young player. Romero, he's not. He's not on a kind of experienced lad. He's he, it's a huge, huge, huge like um, achievement to win the World Cup, and mm. I'm glad he's done it, but. I think it's time for him to kind of uh, crack down and come back to the club that actually pays his salary at yeah. the end of the day. So it is a shame that he, he, he wasn't there today because that, that could be the difference between us getting Champions League and not two points. Could That could be the difference between us coming fifth and fourth. I yeah. mean, and with him in there today, he's a world-class player. I thought he was world-class at the World Cup, but you said Gary... He was yeah. great for Argentina. Brilliant. Really critical, to be fair. I think without him, without his tenacity at the back, I don't think they would have done it. Even with Messi, no. I think he's as is important for Argentina as, as Messi is as well. They're all, I think he's a, he's world class, and we're very lucky to have him. But he yeah. needs to kind of repay that to us and show what he's made of on the pitch. Because at the end of the day, we do pay him, and and he's under contract at the club. And but I think he loves it, at Spurs, and I hope he's back for this game against Aston Villa. Um, yeah. Because we need him back in there, and we need, like I said earlier, we need Benton Kerr back in there as quick as possible. Yeah, you're right. Because I yeah. think he's absolutely that spine of, if you look at the side, and that spine of Benton Kerr, Romero, Kane, Larice, these world class players in there. But Josh, you're, you're spot on with Benton Kerr because I didn't even really consider it. But um, you, what was the game? Was it Leeds? It was Leeds, wasn't it? When we came back and yeah. and we beat them, didn't, two, didn't we? And that was Bentica. That that was the difference there. Kulusevski and Bentica and stuff. The way they were playing there, that was difference. And that's what we missed yeah. today, didn't we? We really did miss that, you know. And I think that would have been the difference of just getting the win, like we did against Leeds, you know, a few weeks back. I think it's really important as well for us to have a good transfer window, like getting those two players in in January, Kulusevski and and uh, what's his name, Bentica, in last January. That was such a coup. If we we just need to do that again, we need to get some yeah. kind of players in that. It might seem a little bit disappointing. I remember when like we've had this conversation before. People were a little bit disappointed with those two players, thinking it's Great. a bit underwhelming. But look at how they performed. We need two players in. I think they could do a job and transform our season and push us on to get Champions League football. And uh, I, I don't know who they could be. I have absolutely no idea. But hopefully Daniel Levy and, and Paratici, if he's not been chucked in prison yet, uh, um, can uh, kind of pull something out of the bag. Oh, God, top of me. <laughs> well, five minutes from time, even Tony had a, a chance to uh, put it over the bar. And in the stoppage time, Rumin Son had a shot on goal. Goalkeeper saved it. Of course, the game finished 2 2. Um, Craig, who was your man of the match today? <sighs> from Tottenham, you're talking about, or overall, as you say? Spurs. Spurs. Um, that's a tough question. Um, I would personally say, I'll personally say Hoybier. Personally, none of them performed brilliantly, but I thought he grew into the game, as I said before. So I just thought he probably edged it uh, and was in the right position to obviously draw his level. So, um, yeah. Uh, I can't really think of anyone else that I want to give it to. I, I don't know, Kulishevsky. Um 
No, I don't think Kula had his best game, to be honest. Uh, Sonny didn't. <laughs> Someone put um, Dyer. <laughs> yeah, Dyer. Harry did, look, I think Harry was extremely quiet in the first half, but as a striker, you're not getting the service, what can you do? But he got um, he got his goal, so you've got to give him credit for that, for um, for just sticking with it. And it seemed like nothing phases him a lot of the time, Harry Kane. I don't know if the Brentford fans were singing anything, Chris. I couldn't hear what they were singing, but um, he probably got a bit of stick, I thought. Inside, when I was inside the stadium earlier, I did not hear the Brentford fans sing anything about Harry Kane. But I have read online that they did sing You Let the Country Down. Personally, I didn't hear it. Um, Gary, who is your man of the match? Because I'm, I'm going to go for Harry Kane. Who, who, who yeah. are you going to go for? Harry Kane. I said that. I was actually quite surprised because um, I wish it on the Amazon at the end when they gave it to Ivan Tony. I mean, I can only assume because... It was at Brentford's ground and stuff. Um, I know he got a goal, but I don't think he played as good as Harry Kane. And I think you've got to take off the back of what happened at the World Cup for Harry Kane to then come back, be playing away from home, um, to score a great goal, to get us a penalty. I know it wasn't given, but he did get us a penalty. So he was in the right area at the right time. That was a God-given penalty. And then again, to hit the crossbar. So it wasn't his best game by all accounts, but I still feel he was the best player on the pitch. Certainly better than Ivan Tony. I mean, I don't know how on earth he was given the man of the match, maybe because he's going to go on a ban for a few months. So they thought we'll give it to him and be nice. But for me, I think just around the World Cup and what happened and the pressure that he must have been under, I think, um, yeah, Harry Kane. Yeah, I thought, thought it was um, he was man of the match for me. Who are you going for, Josh? I think man of the match was Hoiberg. A bit different, but I thought he was I think he was superb. I thought he was really good on the ball. Um winning the ball back. Good dribbling. Uh I thought that the equalizer was, was superb. Great um, job. I, I I think he's he like we said before, he's he's absolutely crucial to this side. Um he's a he's a big character. I thought he performed really well today. Um bit quiet in the first half, but they all were. So I don't yeah. think you can really say it. I thought he, he stood out to me today. Um, so yeah, I'd say Hoiberg. But I've, I've actually got to go, Chris. I've just been told that my Boxing Day uh, meal, my dinner's ready. So I have to say <laughs> goodbye to you there, but it's been lovely coming on and uh, I hope you all have a nice new year and, uh, and a lovely Christmas. You de- you're down on the Villa game, uh, Josh, yeah? I'm actually not. I've got tickets for a couple more games like the Arsenal one and uh, Man City. Ooh. I'm so, still yeah, trying to I'm, fight my way for Arsenal tickets, but I'm sure I'll get them in the end. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'll see you around. Yeah, definitely. All right, Take care, Josh. See you later. See you later. Bye. 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 Um, Craig, let's come to you. Let's talk about the transfer window because, of course, the transfer window opens in just over five days' time. As we know, um, earlier this year, we signed... Kulaseski and Benton Kerr, it turned out to be a very, very good transfer window for us. Two game changes that eventually got us and helped us get Champions League football. Now, in the last couple of days, Antonio Conte said, if there is a possibility to strengthen the squad, we will do it. Otherwise, we will continue with these players, and I'm happy with these players. Do you believe Antonio Conte is happy with the current squad? If we don't do any business in January, surely we have to back this manager. He can't be happy with these players. He can't. I'm sorry. If 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 he's a, if he, if he's happy with these players, then he's not the world class manager. I thought he was. I'm sorry. We need to make improvements. We need to make improvements. So, so no, I don't believe it at all. I think it's just talking for the press. 
uh, in my opinion, we, if he's not going to give Spence a run, then he needs to ship him out on loan. I don't want to see him go on loan, but you know he's got to get football. Get in a right wing back, sell one of ours. I think you know which one I'd like to see sold. Um, a versatile centre back, I would like to see. And if I'm being really, really picky as well, uh, an attacking midfielder. That's the areas I think we all agree that we probably need to strengthen in as a start. So, so yeah, for me, we need we need improvements brought in this window. Craig, what do you think the minimum requirement for Antonio Conte is? Because he said about club not going to earn money and uh, are on big wages. What do you think the minimum requirement for him is? Because when you think about it, Kulisevsky and Benton Kerr, um, not a lot of people, not a lot of Spurs fans knew a lot about them in the January mm. transfer window. And back you know, on the 31st of Jan, there were a lot of Spurs fans disappointed with the window. But of course, as I said earlier, they turned out to be uh, you know, game changers for us and, and helped us get Champions League football. So surely we need another very similar window. Um, but I think Antonio Conte in a roundabout way is saying that we're not going to be buying um, or you know, bringing in household names. I'm not too fussed about household names because you, 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 what, what you've said there has kind of proved the point. Yeah. Benfica and Kulisevsky were not household names. No. But look what they've done to the team. So I think as long as you're giving Conte the players he wants and the players he thinks would thrive in this team, and more importantly, players that would come in and challenge for a first 11 spot, then, then you're kind of giving Conte what he wants and you're halfway there. What, what he does, obviously doesn't want to do is just bring in squad players. I think we all agree that you need yeah. players to come into this team that, that like I say is going to go straight into that first 11 or at least have a chance to affect the first 11. So yeah. you've got to give... You can't... How many times have we said this on the channel? And it gets boring after a while, but you've got to give Conte what he wants. Somebody like Conte. You can't, you know, as Daniel Levy, I don't believe half I read in the press. You know, they talk every day, whether that be Paratigi to Conte to Levy or whatever. Levy will know exactly what Conte's asked for. So if the funds are there, I really, I'd really like to see him draw down that extra 50 million to put towards transfer kit. I don't see why that's not happening because we were led to believe that he's going to be strengthening the first team squad. So I think that needs to happen, whether it will now, we've only got four or five days, but you know, who knows? This club never ceases to amaze me. So we need to do business in, in January, Chris, but you've got to give Conte the tools that he needs to do the job. And if once you get in a position where Conte's got all the tools he wants. And I don't think that process will ever end. I think it's an ongoing process, but you can get to a point where you think, yeah, do you know what our squad's quality and he's still not doing the job? Then there's other conversations to be had, you know, um, and what the factors are, why we perhaps haven't won a trophy or whatever. But we've got, keeping top four is paramount and I'm sure the board know that. So stands to me, stands to reason. They've got to invest in January. Craig, I'm telling myself that I think the Spurs will sign two players in the January transfer window. Um, and it's going to be a similar window. Hopefully, it'll be a similar window to last year where 
these two players walk straight into the starting eleven and improve us. Surely mm-hmm. that is an absolute must. And, I, and I'll tell you what, me personally, I think I'd be very surprised if one of them is not a right wing back to improve this side. Yeah. What, are you, what are you really expecting? What are you really hoping for? Well, as I said before, hoping right wing back if, if he loans out Spence, a couple of players out the door, a versatile defender. And if, as I say, if I'm being greedy, I'd love to see somebody like a Madison come in. But if you're saying household names, Madison's household names. So perhaps I am being greedy for three players, but I think it's generally doable. What I do want to see is I actually try and do a bit of business early on. So we've got that player for a majority of January rather than coming in on the last day because otherwise you're another month into the season. That player might take another month to get used to the way Tottenham play. We haven't got that sort of time. It's clear to see with the, with the teams below us, as you said, somebody's going to go above us today, today or tomorrow, I would imagine. Before we know it, we'll be fifth <laughs> or sixth and then you're chasing again. So we need players to come in early in the January win- window to, to, to affect this team as quickly as possible. Gary, let's come to you. What are you expecting in this January transfer window coming up? Yeah, what you said, I think it'll be a couple of players in. Um, but again, you know, like what Craig mentioned, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be household names. I mean, you look at them down the road, they didn't, you know, they've got no massive household names, but as a team, they've been playing well. So, you know, it's doable. You can just bring in a couple of players. I mean, the thing is, when I look at, the players that we have at the moment, like, you know, the Ben Davis and the Dyer and stuff, I think it's just the, the amount of mistakes. Ben Ben Davis, even in the World Cup, made um, a few mistakes, you know, cost goals and stuff. I just think it's the level of mistakes. I think we have got good players. We're a bit light at the moment because we need Richarlison to come back, uh, Benteke, Romero, but we still need to strengthen a little bit. And just we just need to bring players in where you just feel a little bit more confident in those players. They don't have to be like household names and be world stars, but we let's be honest, none of us really feel that confident when Sanchez or Dyer have the ball, do we? Or Royale, we don't. So we need to improve on those type of players, just where, you know, they're not making mistakes in the majority of games because at the moment, when you look at Royale and you look at Dyer, not so much Ben Davis, but again, I go back to the World Cup, he made mistakes in there. These players have got too many mistakes in them. You know, and as Tottenham fans, we're very forgiving towards these players. We say, oh, Dyer, you know, he's a good player. Ben Davis is a good squad player. But there's a lot of mistakes in these players. Do you know what I mean? And you see the difference when we brought in Benfica. You know, players like that who don't have lots of mistakes in them, who do play better. Again, not big household names, but improve the team. So I think if we can cut... I mean, look, today's a perfect example. If we cut out our mistakes, we win that game. Do you know what I mean? Because we had enough chances going forward and really both goals were mistakes, you could pretty much say. Do you see what I mean? So cut out the mistakes. Bring players in that are not going to mistake, say, make the same mistakes game after game. And, you know, we do your shows, Chris, all the time. We'll be here after Villa game. We don't want to be saying, you know, I'm sure we'll beat Aston Villa, but we'll be having the same conversation saying, oh, well, you know, the mistake Sanchez made or the mistake Dyer made or when Ben Davis came on, he didn't clear it. You know, we need to improve on them players that we're always... And we're not doing it on purpose, but we're calling them out because they're always making mistakes. And I think that, you know, if you can get in players of a certain level that are a bit better than them, then I think you're already on the win, you know? You're already winning. It's just, yeah, thank you, Wayne, it is. It's the defence. 
we haven't got much issues going forward. It, it, you're right. Midfield, look, Hoiberg, I think for me, is probably the best improved player for Tottenham Hotspur. You know, I'm a big, big fan of Hoiberg, but I don't think he has quite enough. He's got better. He's got a good, good shot on him. You know, he scored a goal today. He got the winner in the Champions League. Amazing. I love him. But I just think we need just a bit more, you know. And defence-wise, we we certainly need more right wing back, you know, you, you name it. There's just certain players. You don't you don't see players like Perisic and that really making many mistakes, do you? Do you know what I mean? So you have to just look at your players and think what ones are making mistakes week in, week out and try and improve them. Uh, I think we'll be fine. But two in, two in January, that's what it will be anyway, so. We're not going to get any more than two, so. Can I just ask you, Gary, if it was two signings, what two positions are most key for you? And what two positions do you think are most key for Antonio Conte? Well, I think it's going to be right wing back, isn't it? And then I, I, I agree with Craig a little bit because I think we're a bit light in midfield. So I just think, I do think Hoiberg is better and is getting up there forward enough, but I still think we're just missing something there. You know, because you, you see it week in, week out, don't you, where Kane is dropping deep, dropping deep, dropping deep. And we all said it today. How much service did he get? Not much. So I think, you know, that as well, because you've got to take into account as you're going forward, we're still in the Champions League. We're hoping to stay in that. You're still in the FA Cup. You've still got the Premier League games. There's going to be rotation and there's going to be injuries. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. You know, we're already waiting for Richarlison to um, come back from an injury. So I think for me, you just need a creative midfielder, um, and a right wing back. And I think that will probably, for me, would be... I mean, listen, if we could have more, I'd have more. But I think realistically, with Levy, Tottenham Conte, that's the best we can hope for. In January as well, because January's not a great window, man. It's a bit of a tough one in January, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So, I think... But, but yeah, for me, that would be... That would make me happy. Because I think like what Josh touched on earlier, when Richarlison comes back fit, and, you you know, you've got Richarlison, Son... Kane, Kulazewski. I mean, we've got a lot. We've got a lot up front. Midfield, we're a bit light. And defence, too many mistakes. And I, and I think that's it. And I think that's the difference. I've got Craig That's the difference of us being in the top four in a secure position where we know we're going to finish in top four and not being, you know, sunk back into sixth and right place. It's very easily done. And it's very, very easily done with players that you can't rely on who make mistakes, you know, because... Mm. We're not. I don't want. I'm not a, a hater against Royale or Dyer, but I see it how it is, and I watch them week in, week out, and they make a lot of mistakes. It's just as simple as that, you know. So Gary, we... what's your thoughts on Antonio Conte? Um, he's out of contract at Tottenham Hotspur on the 30th of June. Is it all down to the January transfer window, whether he stays with Spurs or not? No, I. I don't think it's just down to January. Uh, transfer window, I, th I think it will depend on a lot more things, you know how further we go in the Champions League how we are in the league and stuff like that, so it's not just going to be the January transfer window, although that will play a part in it, I don't think it's just about, you know, how much money he gets from Levy, because like we all know, you don't have to spend massive amount of money to improve the team so I think it will be a collective of things do I think he's going to stay? I think he will probably extend it for another year um, so I am confident of that, but Again, with Conte and Tottenham, you you, you know you, you're talking about a, a, a team that sacked the manager before a before a cup final. So you know anything can happen, isn't it? But I'm confident it will sign for another year, and I don't think it will all rest on the um, the, the January transfer window. I think it'll be a few other factors as well. So, 
What about you? What, what do you guys think? <laughs> I must I must admit, Gary, I, I, I do feel a little bit nervous about it because yeah. obviously I do want Antonio Conte to stay. He yeah. says he's very happy at Tottenham. Um, yeah. I just want to I want to hear Tottenham and Antonio Conte come out and say this contract has been put into place. And until yeah. then, I remain a little bit nervous about it. Um, yeah. Do you feel the same, Craig, or are you pretty confident that Conte will be here next season? It doesn't bother me for this season. I don't think he's likely to walk out. It's clear to me that money doesn't matter to him because if you do read reports, and I'm not sure how much I believe this, but they offered him a million-pound pay rise. Now, if somebody offered me a million-pound pay rise, I know, I know it's all relative, but you're going to sign on the dotted line. So for me, he wants to see that ambition that he has matched by the club. But I also think... It's terribly important to Harry Kane's on new deal. If Conte commits, I think soon after that you'll see Kane commit. And I think Kane's next contract will see him stay at Tottenham for the rest of his career. So it's incredibly important, you know, because Kane's going to probably go on injury-free till he's 35, 36, I'd imagine, especially if he's getting near Shearer's record, he's going to want to beat that. I don't see where Harry Kane goes, if I'm honest. I don't know what club he'd go to because he's already said he don't want to go abroad. <laughs> I can't see that changing with his kids getting to certain schooling age and everything. So he probably likes living in London, all his family are Spurs fans. So he wouldn't really want to uproot his family. I can't see. Perhaps I'm you know, seeing that with rose-tinted glasses. But I think Kane will stay if Conte signs a new deal. But I, I, I'm with you, Chris. I'm a bit nervous going forward how that means. Uh, Potch seems to be, um, <clears throat> you know, pushing other deals aside, probably with one eye on coming back to Tottenham at some point. So I don't know. I don't know is the, is the honest answer. I think we need to see how this window goes. I think that's what I said on the previous chat. We need to see how this window goes, for me anyway. And then... Ask me again beginning of February and I'll hopefully give you a, a more solid answer. But it's um, it's a bit weird that he doesn't want to sign a contract if he believes everything is in place and he's going to be back, doesn't it? That, that's the only thing in the back of my mind. Why wouldn't you commit to it? Yeah, absolutely. Hoping that it's going to be a, a good January transfer window like the last one for Tottenham and Conte. Um, thank you so much to Roy Price uh, writing this comment on screen here. Uh, season's greetings to all Spurs fans. And I would like to thank Chris for his outstanding work uh, and providing um, this channel for us. Thank you, mate. Uh, Roy, thank you so much for all of your support this year. You've been incredible. And uh, without people like you, I couldn't produce... Um, you know, some of these shows that we do. So thank you so much uh, for all of your support. Um, lastly, um, Gary and Craig, just want to talk a little bit about the Aston Villa game, uh, which, of course, is our next Premier League game on the 1st of January. Um, you confident going into this one, having seen what you've seen today? Craig, let's start with you. Uh, I wouldn't say confident after what I've seen today. I don't think anybody could put their hand on their heart and say that. But I think Villa are a team we should be looking to turn over. Um, I think we will beat them. I just hope we start a bit faster. So, for me, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Spurs win against Villa. Are you feeling like a 2-0 win as well, Gary? <laughs> well, I, I, think we, uh, I think we will win. I think it'll be a much more better game. I think we will start a bit quicker. We're at home. Um, <laughs> but we'll be the same as we always are. You know, it won't be a great first half, but I think we will win it and we'll win 3-1. Uh, we'll concede because we're Tottenham Hotspur and Larissa's back in goal and 
they'll you know a corner will come in and <laughs> we'll be dreadful marking and we will concede but i think we'll uh, we'll comfortably win that game 3-1 we'll have a lot of possession um and we'll have a lot more chances than what we did today. Um, and, I, and I do feel with Tottenham when we're at home, we are, you know, we do edge it slightly. You know, it's a difficult game today going to Brentford. You're away from home. The, you know, the home fans are behind you. It's not, not an excuse, but I just think having the home crowd there, you know, it'll be Harry Kane's first game back at the stadium after the World Cup. The atmosphere is going to be amazing for Harry Kane, you know, and, and no doubt he, he'll get a penalty in that game and we'll win it 3-1. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident. Gary, what will 2023 bring for Spurs? <laughs> oh, dear. What will it bring? A lot of stress. A lot of Hopefully more grey heads. Yeah. Eh? Hopefully a trophy. Well, you know, what, what was it? I was watching a couple of your updates, Chris, lately, and I, and I said to my wife, he's not mentioned trophies in a while. I said, and we've got an hour and more, 17 minutes that you mentioned it. You've not been mentioning trophies that often. I've nearly given up, but I'm hoping that 2023 <laughs> is going to be the look, year. At the end of the day, look, you know, we've still got a chance in the Champions League. We've still got a chance in the FA Cup and we're not mathematically out of the Premier League. So in that case, you know, we still is an opportunity for trophies. Um, look, I, I think Tottenham will be Tottenham. And that's it. I think we're going to have some great games, get some really good results, and then we're going to lose some games we shouldn't lose, and we're going to lose some games we should lose. And that's Tottenham. At the end of the season, are we going to have a trophy? I'd love to. You know, whatever it may be, um, I'd, I'd take anything, mate. I mean, you, you know my feelings on the Carabao Cup. I don't think they were the same with the players and Conte, but I, I would have taken that. If we can't have that, then, you know, you, you do it in order. I'd have the FA Cup, I'd have the Premier League, and then the top... I'd have the Champions League, but you know, I think first things first, you've got to, con you know, you've got to confirm top four, and I, I do feel we will get top four again. But we, I mean, we really do need a trophy. I mean, the amount of conversations I have on here with you, Chris, and down the gym and everywhere with, with everyone, it's a daily thing, isn't it? it? You know, it's long overdue. So let's hope so. Eh? Well, we need a good January transfer window. We need to tie Harry, tie Harry Kane down to a new contract. We need to sort yeah. uh, Conte's contract out. And, of course, we need to be successful and win a trophy. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be a great 2023? Um, Amazing. I forgot to ask you, Gary, um, did you get any um, nice Tottenham gifts for Christmas yesterday? I did. When I bought this for my boys, so I've got the, um, if you can see that, Spurs chair there. But I've got, um, I've got a full-on uh, Tottenham uh, pyjamas. Tottenham dressing gown, Tottenham slippers. Um, I've got loads of Spurs stuff, actually. Yeah, just the usual Christmas. I get a lot of Tottenham stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, I've got quite a few bits in that. Um, and i got a draw today for Boxing Day, which wasn't the end of the world. You know, I think, listen, I think overall, if you'd have said, you know, you get a point away from home on Boxing Day, um, I, I think most of us would have taken that. I don't think that's that bad. Especially looking at the game when you come out the other end of it and you think we were 2-0 down. Um, you know, so I think it's not been a bad Christmas to be a Tottenham fan. Let's hope Arsenal can lose tonight. I can't see it, but you never know. But that would be nice if West Ham was to turn them over. I can't see it personally, but, you, you know, football's a funny thing, isn't it? You just never know, do you? So. Mm. Well, Gary, thanks so much for joining us today. Go on. Is that a new T-shirt you got, Craig? No, this is last season's training top. Oh. I, I, I want to get the new black one, actually. But um, yeah. 
haven't got around to it yet. There's a grey one. There's actually out in, only out in kid sizes that I absolutely love. But uh, last time I looked, they hadn't released it in adult sizes. What I will say, I think got one Tottenham thing for Christmas this year, which is the bog standard Tottenham official calendar for the kitchen, which I always get. But what does worry me, I do like looking on those calendars um, to see which players they put towards the end of the year because those are the ones, I don't know if you've ever noticed, that the ones more li- likely to stay at the club and have got longer contracts. Harry Kane is January. So, and I've never seen that before. In any, so I don't want to worry anyone. I don't want to worry anyone, but it's just the first month, Harry Kane, which is very odd, but let's hope it's just me being paranoid. Chris, have we, have we got enough time to hear what you got Tottenham-wise for Christmas? Because you must have no. got a lot of time. I'm not even going there. <laughs> you <laughs> must I, have got absolutely loads, did you? I was going to say, I thought Craig would have got an Emerson Royale signed uh, signed photo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I thought one well, of you Emerson two would have Royale bought me. Might but... have, um, knocked on his door with an Amazon parcel or something. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought one well, of you two would have sent one through the post. Perhaps, perhaps he's going <laughs> to, with the Royal Mail strikes, perhaps I'm yeah, the strike every, on every, Two yeah. weeks late. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Gary, thanks so much for joining us this evening and uh, please tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you've yeah, got coming uh, up at the moment. Jump on, um, jump on my Instagram, Gary Maloney13. Um, I'm always on there. I'm always posting up stuff about Tottenham and everything else. I always have a chinwagon. I've got quite a lot of your followers now, Chris. They always message me before and after the show and we have a little bit of chat and banter and stuff, which is always nice. Look, you know, listen, look, we, we've said it a million times before. Tottenham Hotspur as a team and a club and a fan base is probably one of the best in the world. So that, that's one good thing about it. I know the trophies haven't been nice to us and kind to us, but you can't fault whether you go to the games or you watch them on the TV. There is a nice bond with all the fans, um, something that a lot of clubs don't have. So for that alone, you know, and, and good and bad times with Spurs, isn't it? But yeah, find me on Instagram and uh, obviously occasionally on your show, which, yeah, I love being on your show, Chris. So I appreciate it again, mate. Um, it's nice to, um, you know, have a little chinwag about it. I'm not, in, in a bad move with Tottenham, I've, I'm pretty happy with that result today. Yes, I would have wanted all three points. But overall, I think it was a good second half performance. And I'm really pleased for Harry Kane. Off the back of it, I'd just like to say, I think Harry Kane had a good World Cup. Um, and I'm pleased that he's come back from that with mentality to get straight back in and score. Because like I said earlier, if he had gone a few games and not scored then you, you know, you're going to get Sky and the media and everyone going against them because they love to do that with Harry Kane and Tottenham. So as a Spurs fan, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. So, yeah. Well, Gary, thanks so much for your time. And Craig, thanks so much for coming back. Uh, really enjoyed having you on again. And uh, you've been on so many times during 2022. So thank you so much again. Um, tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment. No, no worries, mate. No worries. Always a pleasure. Uh, yeah, if you really want to follow me, don't post that much. But uh, DM, at DMN9 on Twitter and Craig DMN9 on Instagram, I think it is. Um, so, yeah, just relaxing with the family for the next uh, week until the new year and looking forward, hopefully, to the uh, transfer window. But uh, I think I'll, well, I don't think, I know I'll see everybody in 2023 on one of these shows, hopefully talking about Spurs being a bit... Uh, Pushing further up the table, should we say? And hopefully, hopefully, let's get a tr- let's get a trophy because uh, oh my god, I, I can't. You know, I was bearing in mind, right? I know, 1991 when we last won the FA Cup. For me, I'd take the FA Cup. I'll take anything, but let's face it, FA Cup always is me growing up in the 80s. Such a special tournament, the FA Cup. Absolutely yeah. love it. 
I know it's not what it was, but for me, it's always got that bit of magic about it. And, you know, that that game, when obviously Gaza, <coughs> Gaza did his knee. Yeah. And then we go on to win it. And the whole story surrounding that and the semi-final beating Arsenal and everything. Yeah. Very, very special, uh, special year. But, oh, you know, 31 years ago, coming up 32 years without an FA Cup. If you'd said to me then, do you know what? I'm from the future and 32 years in the future and Spurs still ain't won another FA Cup. I wouldn't have believed it. No, impossible, because yeah. Because it, it, it is unbelievable. From a side that's got such rich heritage in the FA Cup, you know, won it eight times. In the yeah. 80s, we won it We won it twice, got the final in 87, won it in 91. So, you know, long overdue. Let's hope it's going to happen. But Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year and I'll see you in the New Year. Absolutely. And thank you so much to uh, everybody for tuning in and all of your support during 2022. Uh, it's been a great year for me personally and this channel. So I can't thank you all enough for all of your support. We've had some fantastic guests on uh, throughout 2022 and hopefully we'll have a lot of them back and some new ones during 2023. Let's hope that Spurs get back to winning ways on New Year's Day at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against Aston Villa. I will see you then. And until then, come on you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.